What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. My good friend David Wiley from the OZ joining me as usual on This Week in Cannabis News. Check them out at okanaganz.com slash OZ on Twitter at okanaganz and at Wiley Writer. David, uh, the sun has been baking us, uh, pun intended, uh, for the last <laughs> few weeks. Well, I'd say the last week and a half. It is gorgeous, and, and this is just what I'm assuming every day is like where you live because it's been like 25 to in the 30s here in the Edmonton area. I wish I, I could say it were an everyday thing. That sounds like paradise. <laughs> yeah. You know, we get we get rain just like everyone else, and it, it makes the fruit trees grow, so that's good. Um, that really- awesome to see pictures, by the way, of you out and about, uh, live on the scene over at Spirit Leaf, right on. Yeah, that was, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I know, uh, you know a little bit about Spirit Leaf because, uh, if I'm not correct, they were the first store in, in your area. So, you know, they were. what that kind of environment is. It's just such a casual chill. Like, uh, like I could envision if we were allowed to hanging out and smoking a joint in a Spirit Leaf because it's got a very <laughs> chill vibe. Unfortunately, you're not allowed to, but it was still fun to hang out anyway. Oh, maybe one day. It's the dream. Yes, we can dream. All right, David, let's get to our first story. And um, you guys published this uh, last week on your website about the uh, homeless youth in Vancouver uh, and the cannabis impact uh, because of a new study. And, you know, this just goes to show you that, um, you know, people whether they are, uh, you know, high on life and, and living the, the high life or they're down on their luck, they all use cannabis. And, you know, some people might be surprised by this, but they shouldn't be. This was an amazing study. And in part because researchers went to the streets of Vancouver and they talked to youth uh, who were there one-on-one. And a lot of the report that was published in Plus One Journal uh, done by a group of researchers in Vancouver. Um, a big part of that report is quoting these young people who live on the street. And uh, one of the things that came out, of, of course, was that uh, almost 100% of them use cannabis uh, in some form or fashion. And uh, so they were asked why and what their experience with it was. And what they found was that a lot of people were using it to help um, almost as a reverse gateway drug in the sense that they were using it to help them uh, come off of things like heroin uh, or uh, one young lady talked about her major experiences with alcoholism and how cannabis helped do that, uh, helped her basically to wean from it. Um, You know, the the researchers found that basically when you were on... uh, opioids or something that really has you hooked heroin, that it's impossible just to go from being high all the time, uh, really high all the time, you know, dependent, addicted, uh, and just going to sober life. And cannabis was helpful with that. They also found that people were on the street were using cannabis to deal with things like um, anxiety and uh, mental health. Uh, issues like ADHD uh, and also to deal with chronic pain. So it's uh, it's fascinating research. One of the researchers involved is uh, MJ Moy, who's a canopy growth professor 
uh, of cannabis science at the University of British Columbia. And, you know, again, like we talk about uh, over and over, one of the great benefits of legalization here in Canada is that we have a lot more information available to us about cannabis and that research is being done uh, increasingly and more reliably. Well, it's it's amazing to hear, um, you know, people that, you know, are or were down on their luck uh, using cannabis uh, to help out. Uh, the, the one uh, young lady that you mentioned that's quoted says, uh, eventually I was able to maintain a job. I was able to move back with my dad. It's much better. Smoking pot, eating food, going to bed and living a regular life. And and, and a lot of the, the people in this study were, were said that used it for physical pain. I think the one was one young gentleman that talked about uh, his scoliosis and, and, and how it helps. And, you know, it's just you know, it, mm-hmm. it it shouldn't be surprising that there there it probably is a lot of uh, physical ailments for people that are unfortunately living on the streets. Yeah, Blake Blake, age twenty one, is uh, that gentleman who had scoliosis. He um, was quoted saying that weed is very medicinal. Uh, it's the best medication there is. He said, um, "Yeah, well, you know, people don't know actually how many people are living on the streets. It, it's hard to fathom." Uh, but researchers say that there are actually between 35,000 and 45,000 young people uh, that are living right now in Canada across the country, um, living at, you know in a place where they just don't have a stable home. That is, uh, that's just sad and, uh, and, and shocking that uh, there is so much of that going on. Um, okay, the, the next story we're going to talk about is um, something that we fortunately have had here uh, in Alberta for a while. You know, some places call it click and collect. When you go to Nova Cannabis, you can go through the Leafly site, click and collect. I bought my Supernova. That's the name I gave my uh, volcano vaporizer through click and collect. And <laughs> and, and that's all I do now. I, 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 don't, I used to have to drive around store to store. Now I use the online method. It is so great and it's so easy and it's coming your way. In BC, thank goodness. Um, laws are starting to loosen around the sale of cannabis at private retailers. And this uh, this comes in part because of some of the lobbying that retailers here at BC have done um, with the provincial government. Because BC Cannabis Stores, the provincially run uh, store here, actually can sell online and has been able to since legalization. But not only that, they can go one step further still and ship it to customers via Canada Post. So that is something uh, maybe the next step that private retailers are looking for. But at the moment, uh, what what you can do is you can go uh, online and you can click and purchase online. At that point in time, you go to the retail store and you you can pick it up. You just have to show some ID. It's really important. And this is something that the provincial government here acknowledged in their announcement of this. It's really important to make cannabis easily accessible to people. That's the way that you eat into the black market. And you know, if there's anything good that has come out of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, it's that we're introducing new ways for people to purchase cannabis, not just here in BC, but across the country, um, and making it just easier for retailers to provide their customers with what has been deemed an essential service. 
this is just a no-brainer for me that this should happen across this should be happening everywhere first of all delivery should be the next step is that we should be able to get cannabis retail stores to deliver and i'm not talking about the provincial retailer who can ship to your house i'm talking about you phone up like a pizza and you get it delivered uh, to your house that should be the next step but at least this way like i said it saves people from driving from store to store um you know exactly what you're getting and you're in and out fast it's safer for the bud tenders it's safer for the customer in this day and age where we want to be in and out and you know some places have mandatory masks and and others don't so you want to just get in and out and get your stuff and it's also great for the the staff to have you know they're they're prepared so i I, this is just an absolute no-brainer that this should be happening everywhere 100 percent. you get people coming into your cannabis store and uh you know money is exchanging hands um being able to take payment electronically is such a, a an easy way to reduce that kind of contact mm-hmm. okay um this is something that um you know we have, have unfortunately been talking about a lot so of everybody else um cannabis and the stock market uh, two things that have not not really gone that <laughs> well together um you know for the last year and a half, you might say. Now, there are some exceptions, the unicorns, as we kind of call them. Uh, but there's an article at, uh, the, I think it's called The Motley Fool, uh, fool.com, talking about three cannabis stocks to avoid like the plague in August, as the <laughs> headline reads. Yeah, The Motley Fool sure likes to make bold predictions. Yes. And uh, who doesn't want to read bold predictions? especially when it comes to stocks in the cannabis market, um, because they have been up and down like a yo-yo and more recently just playing down, like walking the dog on that yo-yo. Um, so Motley picked it three companies to avoid in August. And the first one is Hexo. That's a Quebec-based company I'm sure we've all heard of. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been scrambling to reduce their operating costs, bring output potential in line with demand, to use those businessy words, um, and that includes closing and selling off a Niagara grow, uh, grow farm that they have, and idling other space in Gatineau. So when you start to to limit your production, uh, it just simply means that you're not selling. It's always a bad sign. Um, second group that Motley says is the Kronos Group, and you know they. So this company brought in 1.8 billion dollars an equity investment from tobacco giant Altria Group. Um, and yet, despite that, <laughs> billion to play with, they're still running into trouble. Um, all sorts of issues right now with their derivatives, their vape-focused approach. Uh, they face delays off the top of Cannabis 2.0, and uh, some provinces have initially banned those vape products outright. So there's one of the dangers in focusing so closely down into just one aspect. Uh, and finally, Aurora Cannabis. And Aurora has been strong, and then it's been weak, and lately it's sure been weak. Um, that, uh, that company has been uh, so far showing some signs of returning to financial health, um, but you know they're doing it by closing production space and halting projects and laying off lots of workers. Um, so you know, hopefully they've found their... I hate to use the term that everyone loves to throw around their right size. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, uh, we can always hope that the Canadian companies that are employing uh, 
a lot of people and, uh, and, you know, making scientific, uh, uh, forward movement like Aurora is that, uh, they're recovering. Yep. So those are the three. I'm sure that, uh, everyone's got uh, another company that they could add to that pile. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are yelling at whatever device they're listening to this at with, uh, <laughs> so, some few other choice, uh, words and names. Uh, the, the interesting thing <laughs> about this is, you know, when you look at, you know, let's look at Hexo for just an instant. They had the product of the year in the, uh, I think it's called the Elixir, the spray. We we use it for CBD. It's it's amazing. And, and they have very, you know, some really good product. They also, I think, made some nice acquisitions uh, with uh, New Strike, uh, Up Cannabis, the, the brand associated with the, uh, the Tragically Hip. Uh, but, you know, specifically with Hexo and Aurora, you know, they, two companies that look like they went a little bit too big too fast and are now trying to scale. So, the, you know, the product, especially with Hexo, is is there. It's just their ambition was maybe too big in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of that in the Canadian cannabis industry, and maybe that's one of those lessons that we can uh, ship globally as other countries start to wrestle with some of these products, uh, you know, or, or with legalization. Uh, don't grow too big too fast. Yeah. Okay. Let's end with a story that um, is warning, uh, I guess, Canadians uh, and and giving Canadians pause for concern. But um, you and I have a little bit of concern with you know the the message or the 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 way the message is being put out. But you know, first let's talk about the concerns um, about some unlisted or mislabeled ingredients in vape pens that has led at least one chain. Uh, to seek clarification from manufacturers in Canada. If you've got your vape pen in your mouth as you're listening to this, you may want to actually put it down for a moment. Uh, according to stratcan.com, Tokyo Smoke's VP of Operations in Ontario has sent uh, a concerning warning to vape pen manufacturers in Canada over additives. Uh, they say that the email points to a 14-day inhalation toxicology study that's going to be published in the coming weeks that Cannabis Growth Corporation has shared with Health Canada. Um, Canopy itself will be placing stop orders on any vape products that list uh, this cannabis terpene phytol as an ingredient. And the company says it's going to be following up with any vape pen manufacturers who list uh, just, quote, terpene as an ingredient to determine if uh, the terpene phytol is being used. So Canopy gave these companies uh, 48 hours to respond, uh, or sorry, I should say Tokyo Smoke did. Um, It's all the same company. Canopy Mm -hmm. uh, actually owns Tokyo Smoke, which they bought from Hiku that had bought Doja. As these companies go, uh, they own all kinds of them. Um, So but Canopy Overarching has concerns about these types of vape pens. Um, The details are slim. And yeah, you and I have uh, already talked a little bit about both of our concerns when it comes to just the lack of information. Well, the the biggest concern I have is that people are going to read this and think, wow, this guy's been talking about terpenes all these times and, and now here's a, a dangerous terpene. And, and I don't think that's the case. There's a, there's a quite a big of a difference between, um, you know, you smoking a joint or a bowl or something and, and, you know, smelling or tasting, uh, you know, pepper with caryophylline or, or citrus with uh, limonene or something like that. And the dangers of this phytol terpene, 
in a vape. Um, it, it is much different than your regular, you know, I, I don't want people to be concerned about terpenes. When you're putting a terpene into a vape, it's, it changes the, the physical properties of that terpene a little bit. I have such an issue with the fact that we're getting these kinds of concerns third hand. You know, there's a news organization in Ontario gets a hold somehow of an email that comes from a retail uh, head about a study that's been done by a producer uh, in response to a letter that was received from Health Canada. Like, why is there no direct communication happening right now with customers? Um, and this all seems to be done in a hush-hush, backdoor kind of way. And one of the biggest benefits, in my opinion, of legalization uh, was the fact of being able to have strong consumer protections. And this is really not the way to go about getting this kind of information to consumers or lack thereof. You know, there's enough people already that ha are skeptical and have concerns about the transparency of cannabis, whether it's, uh, are you getting the amount that you paid for? Is this the right THC number on this? And, you know, this doesn't help that. Like, this is not transparent. This is very vague. And when you're dealing with health concerns, vague is not the right way to go. Specific is the right way to go when it mm -hmm. comes to your health. Nobody, like nobody idea, says, the, nobody says like, uh, oh, you may have this, this, or this when you go to the doctor. They're like, no, this is what you have. Yeah. The idea that they don't have to list ingredients in any form or fashion, you know, the, right. the, the makeup of the oil uh, is also concerning because, yeah, we don't know what's in it and uh, maybe that needs to be reexamined. Yeah, I really don't know what to tell listeners what to be concerned about with this because uh, I, I think uh, you know, in, you know, I I, I want to say the the term misleading. I don't know if that's right, but it's just not complete. Maybe misleading isn't the right way, but I worry that people will be misled thinking vape pens and terpenes are bad, and that's what I worry about because the message here is so incomplete. And this is definitely something that we should be following up on. Yep, 100%. David, as usual, great to chat with you. Make sure you uh, sign up at OkanaganZ.com to get in on the weekly newsletter. Have yourself a great week. Enjoy the sunshine and the outdoor cannabis. Cannabis is always enjoyed outside in the sun. Thanks so much, man. Thank you.